Hello, Ambush. Yeah, yeah, Ambush sounds way cooler. And welcome to the Desert Tiger Podcast. And I am your host here on the DTP. My name is Colton G. And this week we are joined by Lexi and John, the duo known as Featurette, as we discuss their album Dream Riot, which drops today. That's right, today. And we're going to get more into exactly who Featurette is before we get into our conversation with them. You guys know how we roll here, unless you're new. If you're new, maybe hit that subscribe button and catch on. I, th- I think you guys are going to like what you hear. Anyway, besides that, like I said, there's a few things we're going to want to take care of first. Have you checked out our new vlog? I've been talking about it for a while, how we're going to start doing video content for like all of 2019 and then completely drop the ball for like all of 2019 and do it, do it. Well, now we have it. Go and check out Desert Tiger Ants on YouTube and Maybe go and give us a subscribe over there, too. It takes you a little bit behind the scenes of the Desert Tiger podcast and my life. I also want to go and take a quick shout-out to www.ilovedtp.com because not only is it the best place where you can support the podcast, it's also the place where you can go to represent the show every single place you go. All right. Let's do this. The dark dream pop duo known as Featurette are ready for their latest vision to burst out in a Dream Riot. Dream Riot is the sophomore album from tag team Lexi J and John Fetterson, and it shows the group's growth with an array of deep themes and stories combined with a sugar sweet beat. Teaming back up with Mark Coker, who produced their debut album, Crave, as well as a new collaborator in Producer Pillsbury, Featurette builds and refines their already powerful voice and tackles topics like social media, the environment, and overcoming bullies to embrace your talents and who you truly are. Coming off the incredible reception for Crave, the group saw numerous opportunities with radio and TV placements, being a top 10 finalist for Juno Masterclass, and opening up for the likes of Walk Off the Earth, Rhea May, and Neon Dreams to name a few of those things. Featurette looks to carry this momentum forward with Dream Riot, while inviting you in to experience their reality and become comfortable with the idea of never fitting in. Ah, yeah, well, I think it's about that time that we kick off this interview by introducing you to Lexi and John and letting them tell you a little bit more about themselves. Of course, for those of you who have been around for a while, how do we like to get that started? That's right, Ambush, we like to play some music, so we're going to be playing you some of the singles that have been dropping 
off of a dream riot leading up to this album we're also going to be playing you the latest single that came out today later on on this episode but we're going to be starting off things with the first single that dropped for dream riot we're gonna hear all about it in this episode we're also gonna hear a lot about the music video which is actually pretty dang epic if i don't say so myself and this song is entitled million things Cause I got a million things Fast cars and diamond rings Well I'm down on love Stars from above The time that we're getting is just not enough I got a million things I don't know when we got here baby But I don't see you anymore It's not enough just and come home to an empty car Don't know what you're thinking now Or why we're fighting for I don't know what we got here, babe But I don't see you anymore Cause I got a million things Fast cars and diamond rings But I'm down on love Starts from above The time that we're getting is just not
Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, Lexi. This is Colton from the Desert Tiger Podcast. Hey, Colton. You got me and John. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And how are you and John today? <laughs> we're great. It's very gray here, so we're just going to try and make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the gray and the seasons don't get you down. I mean, you guys have a lot of exciting things on the horizon, so I mean, you have lots of reason to see your way through that. You're super right. We absolutely do. I like the positivity. It's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you call? Can you call every morning? This is already going better than most mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we can try and fit it in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> See what we can figure out. <laughs> we are here with the duo known as Feature at that, of course, being Lexi and John. Would you guys like to introduce what you do with the group and a little bit of, I guess, yeah, what you bring to the table? Hey guys, so we're an electropop duo. Um, there's just two of us. I'm the singer. And I'm a drummer, and we do programming and production together. Yeah, and we make sort of dark, edgy, really out there electro pop music. Very, very fun, very, very danceable, and yet, like you say, very dark at the same time. The lyrics are kind of hit you in a very deep way. And how did you guys end up meeting? Because from what I can see, one of you has a little bit more of a classical more of a scholarly background well the other one maybe a little bit more self-taught so how did you guys end up coming together so we actually both have the same scholarly background but oh. uh john's background is in the jazz part of the world which so i could it doesn't see. count to you yes, it doesn't yeah. count <laughs> but we both went to u of t university of toronto for our respective uh majors mine was opera and john's was jazz drums uh but we met like way before well at a way different point in our lives we met at a band camp actually where i was teaching violin <laughs> which is not even voice at all and uh john was playing guitar at this point at the band camp so we both met over guitar which is something neither of us excel at and we're very self-taught <laughs> yeah so in terms of the guitar i'm very extremely self-taught like like painfully self-taught there's a reason there's no guitars in our band yeah. and never will be so we have a no guitar policy now so, so far for the band not none, none allowed i can't be tempted to go back and take <laughs> play <laughs> unless somehow someday one of you proves to the other one that it can be done that's it's a strict no-go yeah i think we're both on the no-go side actually it's it's I, I would say it's part of how the sound of our band formed. So I'll tell you the story in brief, the brief tale. John was playing guitar for uh, the faculty concert at this band camp. He was trying to show all the campers that like, it's okay to do something outside your comfort zone. Cause he's there as drum faculty, obviously. And he was like, okay, we're going to shake it up. I'm not even going to show them drums for my faculty performance. I'm going to do something totally different. And try not to fail at it <laughs> and uh, uh we figured two people failing together was slightly better than one person failing alone <laughs> so he uh enlisted me to his guitar army of two and uh we actually loved playing together so much that we just jammed afterward and uh i had a little songbook from high school that i whipped out and we played through some of those songs and actually recorded them thereafter and went on to be a folk band for a hot minute before transitioning ever so slowly over 
more than a year, I would say, to our actual sound that became Crave, which is that sort of dark electropop moody thing that we've got going on. I was about to ask if you guys had, if you had tried a few different instruments or other things beforehand, but there it is. You guys were a folk band originally. Yeah, and no one ever saw it. (laughs) Except that group of counselors. They might have blackmail on us. We're not sure. Yeah. (laughs) I actually found found the first, like, I think the last day before the the camp left, we, like, grabbed, like, a, a, a hallway, and we sat down and recorded the song, and I took it back home over the summer and, like, you know, try to edit around and, like, try to make it salvageable. Oh, we have the demo. And it, it showed up one day, and I was like, oh, good Lord, like, this can not, never see the light of day. It's like, truly bad. <laughs> it's very not good. And then after that, I started replacing all, all of my bad guitar playing with uh, electronic stuff, and I said, you know, this would be this would be cooler. So that's how we became featured. We're both keys people. That was both our, you know how you, like, if you practice music growing up it's sort of like the piano or the guitar that's like the basic thing that you do as a kid yeah mm-hmm. piano people that's just what it was so we we leaned into our strengths as it were okay so you guys decided to lean into your strengths and that led you to your debut crave so did you said that you had a songbook already were some of these songs that came for crave were they some things that you had written before that you decided to craft for the band or were these new songs that you guys had written together? Uh, Some of them were word for word, actually. Um, Memorize, Memorize, which was one of the folk recorded songs, was uh, a song that I'd written on guitar in high school. Well, piano slash guitar, but it's easier to take a guitar with you places. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, Memorize word for word was in that songbook. um, And I think there were snippets maybe from some other songs as well. Yeah, a lot of those formed when we met our producer and we started changing our our sounds a little bit. So we worked with two friends of ours who are both music producers, Josh Sadler Brown and Mark Kosher. And they were a big influence on some of those, like, I guess, uglier sounds that you hear in Crave. Like it's not squeaky clean and always nice sounding. Like we really liked the grit to the sound to sort of aid that darkness and make it a little more interesting than just like synth pop 80s style. Like it's not that at all. It's something else I would say. And sometimes that grit is what helps make things unique. And rather than it being like perfect, which it would just like line up with a lot of other things in that way. Totally. Exactly. So before you guys had made the transition to the pop side of the world and before you guys had even met each other, like you said, you met each other at a camp and like you're kind of working. But had you really taken on much of the live side of music before then? Not in the way of featurette, not at all. Before then, it was sort of like kept to ourselves. Like we both had performance backgrounds, I would say, but it wasn't featurette. Like I had this opera performance background. John had jazz drums performance. He was a gigging musician already, but never in the way of featurette. I'd say probably overwhelmingly jazz up until a certain point. And then he was in um, a rock band as well uh, called Fire by Fire that had a good little stint and Crash Parallel and some other projects he was in, but I was straight out of school. Like, so I had performance background, but, uh, and even from my high school, like we both went to the Etobicoke School of the Arts at different times. Just a big, it's like fame. It's like fame high school, yeah. yeah. Like people literally burst into song and dance in the hallways. And it's super dramatic there all the time. Like, so half, half your day you do your art specialty, specialty and then you do a minor specialty and then you like cram in 
Like, can you cram in calculus? Can, can you actually <laughs> do like get your degree, diploma, or whatever? Yeah. And then you off you go, right? It's yeah. Intense. And music theater, just as a general idea of a craft, is like very intense as well. So I had a lot of performance background already, but again, super different style of performance than any sort of pop music or anything alt or anything like that at all. I remember the first gig that we ever played was at the Hard Rock Cafe, RIP, in Dundas uh, Square. It's a shopper's drug mart now. That's real sad. <laughs> but uh, I remember just, like, not even understanding that I needed to be near the wedge in order to hear. Like, I was, like, maybe 20 feet away from the wedge, and just nobody told me. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to hear clearly. It was the funniest thing. Oh, my gosh. So we've come, like, really, truly a long way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, completely different stage, completely different presentation, and a completely different audience for sure. Like, what's a microphone? We didn't use those. You freaking project it. That was your craft, right? Opera, I would say, is pretty much the opposite of anything to do with mic technique, right? Did you have to teach yourself how to sing differently with the microphone? I would go as far as to say I had to teach myself how to sing again. Like, maybe not on stage. On stage, I use a lot of music theater techniques um, just in the way of, like, breathing and things like that. Like, there is something you can do to like jump up and down and like still feel like you're not going to die while singing. Right. So that stamina, I would say I apply there, but like in the studio, Oh my gosh, you're making these like quiet little straight tone noises. I'm used to making these like loud ass vibrato noises. And it's just, it was so different. It was so different. You can hear it honestly from that record to this record, how much me and my character have evolved in the music just from the quality of the singing. It's not, better it's just different like it was so like almost lifeless in a way in Crave and and that really did suit the character at that point but now like she's all grown up and she's figured out her shit and she knows what she wants and she's ready to like put that influence into the sounds that she's making I say she it's me but it's her (laughs) okay so there is a character involved behind the scenes as well sort of Totally. We call her Featurette Girl. <laughs> I actually just finished watching some of your music videos, so we'll skip a little bit ahead before we come back here. So is the Featurette Girl the uh, what the music videos are mainly focusing on? Totally. Like, my life. So which music videos did you watch? Oh, so I watched the, uh, the three latest singles were the one I watched right before this interview. I've watched all of them, though. Great. So, like, Million Things, Don't Know Me Without You, White Rabbit. Yes. So, yeah, I, like, my life is, is not like that, <laughs> like, at all. I, uh, in, in my life, I, you know, not to demystify it or anything, but, like, I run a company, and I am, like, a head in a glass jar that handles emails all day, and I get to be creative when I'm her, when I'm that. But also, I get to be sort of confident when I'm that. So when I'm being featurette girl on stage, like, I myself, Lexi, am a pretty introverted person most of the time. And then I get to like be this lion on stage and not like feel bad for it. Like not feel like, oh, I'm, I'm faking, like I'm being something I'm not. Like I just become this other person. And uh, very much in the music videos as well, like million things. Like I don't live in a mansion, okay? But, <laughs> but in that fantasy, in that mini featurette, if you will, I did, right? And that's how like her life would have been. That was like her daydream about you know, how social media affects us all and like trying to put our best face forward when we're really lonely inside, right? Because she's like all alone in this mansion with these like creepy ghost butler people (laughs) (laughs) 
flower-headed bunny-head men who, like, are they even there, you know? Like, do they even exist, right? Because all the characters that you saw in those uh, three music videos, they were all sort of a figment of your imagination, I would say. They all had masks on. You never really got to see their faces just as you don't in a dream, right? It's a very, like, dream-like state that we've tried to create. Um, Hence the album title, Dream Riot. Okay, so it all ties in together. So I'm guessing you guys have a very big hand in the creation of the music videos as well then. Oh yeah, we are the creatives, 100% of the creatives. In fact, was the art department for all of those videos. Oh wow. We made Lexi made, Lexi made the masks for the for a million things and White Rabbit we we went on Etsy and we built the rabbit head. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. You know, we built it ourselves. Like it's all like if you if you follow our Instagram, there's a lot of like DIY crafts that happen on there <laughs> because we're always making some music video or conceiving of some way too lavish idea to try to do on a small budget. It's pretty fun. Also, think it's <laughs> one thing that we do is uh, Lexi and I like Lexi would be probably the most hardworking human I think I've ever met. Like insane. Like okay, we've done a whole day of work. Now what do you want to do? Well, let's build the rabbit head till two in the morning like that's the type and then we'll do more recording or whatever it is right like a relentless drive to get things done but also it's 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 because when you're an indie band you know you just can't you can't rely on other people to get what you're about i think you know what i mean yeah it's like i don't want to trust somebody necessarily with my vision i want to take it over the top and i want to tell my story now and i don't want it to be like necessarily someone else's vision like there is a director um that worked on us with uh two of those videos that you saw and a different director that worked on us with uh worked with us on white rabbit but mostly from like an artistic perspective all the storyboarding is sort of something i bring to life and something that i have the biggest hand in creating the visual aspects of like the flower headed people it's like that is but, my idea. <laughs> but it's important because you know the whole the whole album Dream Ride is sort of based on this concept, right? And exactly. and, and certainly crave, crave our first album like the uh, what we try to do with Featurette was, you know, my original idea of having a band would that didn't have to have album cycles, even though now we've done like, you know, we've done two album cycles as it turned out. But I thought you know wouldn't it be nice to have, you know, a band that could do whatever that it wanted to do? It could do a three-part mini EP. It could do a full album. It could tell stories, right, that that were, were a little bit more cohesive rather than just slapping together singles. I think I was in a couple bands that did pretty well, but they got sort of taken over by that, you know, a, a, a big brother upstairs telling us what we needed to do for success. And I thought that actually compromised... The artistic what, vision. Actually, yeah, compromised the band. It turns out they're... they're Listening to other people didn't necessarily lead them to the right direction, and 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 there's something about what happened with those bands that was they lost its like I guess connection with their audience, and people just didn't gravitate towards the original work that they did the same way as the sorry the the secondary work as much as the original work. So we're trying to avoid that. So not to like we we think we storyboard everything out that we want to do, but we certainly try to you know make everything make sense. Yeah. for each release so that's that's, that's it takes a long time but it's pretty fun like i don't know it's, the videos have been really fun this year to do oh, yeah. to tell you the truth. and that's the, i think that's the biggest difference too between crave and this record that's coming out is that crave was uh we tried to organize it as like a through composed story like it's a relationship from beginning to end and we had two video releases for that 
uh, album, and it was the first song on the record and the last song on the record, and they very much tie into each other. And then uh, we had two just standalone releases after that and had a video for one of those that was Bang. And when we filmed Bang, we sort of discovered that, like, what if we just did each video as, like, its own little world? Like, it just did total isolation from any of the other songs around it because whether or not the songs make sense together, and they do, what if, like, the, st- the visual story you tell was, like, a different dream each time? So, like, White Rabbit is so different from the other two and the other two are different from each other and they're just like each end of the music video world sort of they live as far apart as possible and I think we did that so that we could show not only the versatility of the project but just like imagine different worlds for it you know what I mean well it also shows the versatility of the songs as well because it's showing them in a different light because for a million things or for don't know me without you say like maybe you don't understand the concept of exactly what the song is about but like you see the two shadow masked figures like dancing together and it's almost like a battle between each other like back and forth and like you kind of yeah and you kind of like begin to understand it's like okay so like that's also like a visual representation of just like that inner battle Totally. And the light and the dark of it all and the like, who, and who's this person chasing you and like, why is there always someone chasing you and then it's, it's your damn self, you know what I mean? So, totally. Because it's hard to get that when you just hear the song. And I think a lot of people, there are some like super fans who will listen to the lyrics and like dissect it and then like, you know, Facebook you and be like, what does it mean? Or like DM you and be like, <laughs> can you explain this part? But like most of the time I would say that's not the thing. People are like, that's such a bop. I would love to play it on repeat, but they won't like dive into it necessarily and a music video dives into it for you can't it doesn't you can't help but learning more about it right definitely it helps add to the mythos the idea and like you said the sort of mini featurette which was something that i loved that you said there where it gives that other idea to the name where i didn't even think of that yeah that was john's idea that all of that was john brilliant john <laughs> it, it it is brilliant because as soon as you said it it clicked in my head and i was like i've been researching this band for days now and i didn't even like think of that <laughs> there you go now you know <laughs> that's incredible so you guys said that one of the biggest things in between crave and dream riot is the cohesion with the album and definitely the ideas and the representations of them what were some of the other things that helped with the transition between these albums well i think we had two two things sort of happened i think we had some time after crave we spent a long time kind of like doing our indie circuit here like things went like the response was good and i think we we did a couple things that that prevented us from releasing a lot of music we were you know playing a lot of shows we were touring we we're doing you know you, you, this and that and i think uh we did two releases and i think the second we did up, bang and then upside down yeah. and i think we did upside down it was kind of a political statement statement we really know that the, the u.s election and we're like oh my gosh like we're kind of in shock and and um so we wrote that song and i think that song was uh we took it to mark so what happened um just up up here with our production team we have two very good close friends of ours josh and mark who worked on crave with us and josh uh was working out of new york city and he wasn't around and uh so we sort of we sort of you know 
wrote more songs, didn't produce a lot of songs to their entirety because we thought, well, you know, we wanted to do that process again. And I think what happened during that time was we realized that getting Josh and Mark together just, like, wasn't going to happen. It wasn't feasible. So we started just, you know, taking things on, you know, ourselves a little bit more. I think that's really changed the way we we wrote. I think a lot of things, sound design changed as well in the, in the, in the couple of years between Crave and now. We've we really got into, like, we had, other, we had other influences. Yeah, yeah. We had future-based influences. Like, we were starting to listen to, like, Flume and Petit Biscuit and, like, other things that we just didn't listen to before and wanting to draw <laughs> on those sources. Yeah, they're just so, like, they're just so, the sound design is so awesome. You know, like, I, we have to, we have to start, like, learning how to do that. So I think that took a little bit of time for us. And I think melodically, also, I think a couple things have changed with us. Yeah, like we, for a time there, when we were writing those songs, I think we were looking to go more of a pop crossover route. And like now that we're like right on the brink of release, we're like not, like we've evolved again. We're like not looking there at all. And I think the reason is, is our music, although very hooky and pop format and like, like could be produced in a pop way if you had a pop singer on it, which is that kind of a band. Like it's not like, I don't know, it's not, I don't know, the songs have more storyboarding to them than they should for a pop song or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I think a lot of it was just that we wanted to evolve our sound and our producer, our main producer, Mark, really grew with us too. Like we all wanted to do more complicated things, be it in sound design or just like the, like generally the way the sounds go in the songs. And we worked with another producer as well, Pillsbury, uh, on a couple of the songs to make them a lot more pop format. And in doing that, we just learned how to write a better song, basically. Because pop theory in writing a song is so different than alt. Like, you can do whatever you want in an alt song or even a rock song. Like, there kind of aren't any rules. There's things that'll hit better than other things. But as far as actual, like, rules, like, there are rules in pop, like, hard hard rules that you, like, kind of must follow if you want it to make sense. Like, there, it has to be, like, three minutes and you have to hear this hook so many times, and whenever you write your first hook that you think is going to be your chorus hook, just make that your verse, and then write a better chorus. <laughs> it's like one of the big rules we learned. And, uh, but I think in doing that boot camp with like a pop producer, we were able to sort of hone our craft as far as like, okay, what's going to get stuck in people's heads? You know, and I'm not saying that like this is all that, like not every song is the same as the next, for sure. Um, and I think everybody's going to gravitate towards different things, but uh, I think it'll be a lot more of an earworm perhaps than some of the first stuff that we put out, you know, like, cause Crave, it's, it's cool and it's edgy, but it's more underground. Like this is like really like, Hey, we're here. We have arrived. We're trying to pop our heads out. Like that's what we're trying to do with this album. Well, I think, I think it's dream ride just to cap it off. What, what we like about this album is that, your first pass on it, like it's really impactful. We've got like a lot of the things that I love about what we do. We have like punchy drums. We've got lots of rhythmic things as a drummer, obviously, right? We've got <laughs> we've got sounds that are you know harmonic, but also they're percussive. We've got you know a lot of that, you know, a lot of glue between the the sounds that like are really interesting and evolving. You've got Lexi singing great, really strong material. But second pass, third pass, you go, what does she really? What does she say there? Oh, she's not actually that happy. Yeah. Like, like, Million Things. The songwriting has really developed. We Like, we wrote, uh, for Million Things, I think, like, the write-up that we did for it was, like, 
what is it, really dark lyrics wrapped in bubblegum beats or something like that? Not exactly those words, but even the songs that sound happy on this record have that sort of dark edge to them, that like featurette thing that we've already established in the first record. We've drawn it into the second record, but made it more relatable, digestible, you know what I mean? But not worse. Mm -hmm. I still think it's better. We had someone say to us, um, someone kind of fairly important to us, uh, once say, hey, you guys write such like happy music. And we're like, wow, we knew at that time that that, like had not actually really listened to us. <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great litmus test. Like, could you actually know what's going on? Like, you guys write happy music, and we we're like, no, <laughs> never once, never once in my life. Uh, at the best, melancholic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and in this record too, I would say one of the bigger differences that really helped us grow is I have a lot more songs that are directly about my past or my present or things that are happening around me. It's less theoretical. It's less featurette girl and it's a it's a lot more me this time uh which was you know a difficult thing to grow into because some of that stuff is really personal and not something I would willingly just walk into but at the same time it's something that needs to be said so uh like we're writing about like the environment like actual traumas from my past like great relationships from my present that are based in anxiety and depression and need a boost and so we're writing uplifting music for that person like there's just like a lot more real happening and I, we're going to try to do a write-up on each song too so that people know what they're about and we're going to release those on our instagram as the songs roll out awesome that's yeah. kind of cool you got gonna give everybody a little inside look on everything in that extra depth because like you said sometimes on the first listen maybe you don't hear it million things you hear, oh, we've got all this stuff, maybe things going really good, like it comes off in like a happy voice, but then you listen to it, and you listen to it, and it's like, okay, you've got all these things, but like, what really do you have? Yeah, yeah, when you're all alone, nobody to share it with, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely, or you, like, even just like the glass wall of social media where you think like totally. some you're sharing it to some people who like maybe care, but at the end of the day, like, it, how much do those people like actually care about you as a human being? Totally. Which is, which is zero. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Alright, we just found out all about the song that you heard at the top of the show. That, of course, being a million things. And I'm, I'm very excited to find out more about the other singles. Some of the other tracks off of Dream Riot, including... More about the song that we're going to play for you very soon, right away here. That, of course, being a white rabbit. But before we do that, we have to go ahead and pay a few bills. So first off, I want to go ahead and shout out, well, you guys know what it is, www.ilovedtp.com. And why is that? I may have to put that on like a t-shirt sometimes, just like a why is that? on a t-shirt yeah so anyway why is that that's because i love dtp.com is the best place where you can go ahead and support the desert tiger podcast because like i said not only is it the best place where you can support the show it's also where you go so you can go ahead and cop some desert tiger podcast gear and rep the show every single place you go in front of your friends your family and even your enemies because Screw your enemies. And yeah, you know what it is. So head on over to ilovedtp.com. There's going to be some new stuff coming 
here at like the end of January. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You guys know I'm going to let you know when that happens. Of course, a word from our other sponsors as well before we go ahead and jump into White Rabbit. Do you happen to be a business owner looking for a new logo? An artist looking for some new cover art? A YouTuber or a Twitch streamer who's possibly looking to add some pizzazz to their page? Maybe a podcaster who's looking for somebody to clean up and edit their show? Well, sometimes you might be a little bit too busy to do these things yourself. Or maybe, maybe you just need to find the right quality creator is that you can help delegate your to-do list so that you can excel at what you do best. And let me tell you, friends, this is where Fiverr is going to help you out. Fiverr is the world's largest and most affordable and easy-to-use digital marketplace where busy professionals such as yourself can choose from thousands of talented freelancers in over a hundred different categories like graphics and design, video and animation, music and audio, digital marketing, to name a few of the wonderful services that you can find on Fiverr, and it's so easy to use. You just visit Fiverr. That's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, don't forget that second R, and search whatever it is that you happen to be looking for in that handy dandy search bar that's going to pop up right in front of you, and bang. Tons of professionals ready to handle whatever it is you need. You want to refine your search? Go ahead and find the perfect freelancer to help you raise your vision to the level that you truly see it achieving. You can do so at Fiverr. Once again, that is F-I-V-E-R-R dot com. Even the trees don't want you. Even the wind doesn't pick you up Even the birds won't take you Even my storm can't light you up Well, I don't think we have it You're not my white rabbit news for you to brush us off You couldn't kick the habit Had to go and grab it I'm off to cut you
the Desert Tiger Podcast. So let's dive into a little bit of the depth of the other songs, the other singles that you've released so far. We talked a little bit about the Don't Know Me Without You, the video, but let's dive into the actual lyrics and what the song means to you and how it came together. Well, I'm going to pass over Lexi. (laughs) John doesn't know lyrics. He's got drummer brain. (laughs) I I literally am the worst. I have the worst memory for lyrics. I can barely remember nursery rhymes. Like, that's how I am. <laughs> yeah, we make the vibes. We, John makes the beat. We make the vibes together. And... But when we play, funny enough, I couldn't tell you the lyrics, like, right now. But when we're playing, I always sing along to her lyrics. I just know them only when I'm playing on stage with her. It's super weird. Yeah. I have no idea why. but yeah, It's in the yeah. moment, I think. So Don't Know Me Without You is about the two sides of the self, right? So we tried in the video to create that light and dark. And even the two me characters are dressed in light and dark. Like there's that motorcycle chase of me chasing myself. And like, it's all really lavish and dreamlike. Cause like, if you're going to be doing a car chase, why not rent a Porsche? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I wish I could have taken it home, but, <laughs> but uh, we wanted to make it like spectacularly beautiful, but at the same time, like have that dark edge to it. And going black and white was like a shock for us, but, you know, now we've lived in every single world. Like, I've definitely dreamt in black and white before. So, you know, why not bring it to life now? The two dancers and everything that you mentioned uh, with that push and pull of their moves. Like, so none of that was choreographed, unlike a lot of the other pieces we've done. And we've had dance in almost every one of our music videos um, other than that one. But, or sorry, including that one. But it's the first time when we've had dance that's been just totally off the cuff. So, they moved to the music. They met before. They knew each other. And we just made sure to cast two people who were, like, pretty much the same height and build to make sure that it was directly, like, showing the audience that, like, I am playing with myself here. I'm fighting with myself here. Like, all that. And you can really see in their movements that they were inspired in the moment um, by that, like, love and hate thing. Because in ourselves, we we have all of that, like. I I don't know one person that's just always happy with themselves all the time. And if they were that way, I probably would not care to know know them. Right. There's not, there's not a lot of depth there. So in the song, we talk, it talks a lot about that. It talks a lot about just the journey of, I guess, finding yourself and not knowing the one side without the other. So that's, that, that's sort of the epitome of it is that like, there are two sides to every story there are two sides to every coin and that it's not all good without the bad right so like even when you're on an upward trajectory along the way you're going to find these these big dips and they might be mental health dips even they might not even be like oh and then the stock market crash (laughs) you know like it, it might be like really inside yourself and it might be hard for other people to see and ever more these days even on social media ironically people are like they're checking in more with other people to sort of say like hey how are you doing um which i think like originally supposed to be the beauty of those things of social media and being able to reach each other at all times um because we do feel so alone a lot of the time right so that's sort of what it's that's sort of what it's about not knowing one side of yourself without the other and being able to live with both those things and in the end embrace them Yes, it's sort of that yin and yang where you can't have balance without the other portion of yourself. Totally, because the dark side, like, it's not worth trying to present an image that's all light if there's so much of that in you. Like, I know, like, for me, I can't speak for anyone else because I'm only myself, but I know for me specifically, like, there is, there's a lot of, like, 
dark shit that floats around in there. I mean, how are we going to make these creepy ass videos without that, right? <laughs> so, and 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 that dark stuff, like it comes very much into our music, and it's it's ever present, and it's like I have the same struggles as the next guy does, as far as mental health and like trying to figure out what I want in this world and trying to figure out like what makes me happy and what my purpose is, what my journey is, and there we're trying to like show in this video and through the lyrics that you're on the journey all the time and that like when you do figure it out it's it's all about embracing it and that again that's why it's black and white the yin and yang is the perfect the perfect way to describe that because it's just like it's it is it, we live in a black and white and gray world sometimes specifically specifically today oh my god it's, it's so great <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's about finding those moments of like i can live with this and i like who i am even all of it like all of it wrapped up together even the darkness well that's good that you can come to accept that especially in your mental health well we're working on it but yes that's what i want to come to accept <laughs> oh it's an it's always an ever-present battle for sure but once you can learn to accept the the darkness is a necessary part that is always a crucial part because a lot of people spend a lot of in time fighting against themselves. Totally. Absolutely. Okay, let's let's touch on White Rabbit. I have a like I have a feeling you already said there was an environmental song on this album and then based on the video seeing like the shovel and the dirt, I'm guessing White Rabbit happens to be you that track. Got it. Winner Genyo. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. <laughs> so White Rabbit, with the idea behind, like, specifically that lyric choice, like, the actual White Rabbit in that imagery is uh, drawn from Alice in Wonderland. But, of course, we did it in a very, like, digital, like, strange, uh, angular way that wasn't looking like that style at all. But it's it's the symbol of, like, you know, we're late, we're late for a very important date, like, and, and we are. So the White Rabbit is there to show us, like, it's leading us you know, down a path to try to figure out what's wrong with us right now. And what is wrong is we're not paying enough attention, in our opinion, to our future, like our planet, to what we need to be paying attention to if we want to keep having these conversations, you know. So uh, we tried to set it in a post-apocalyptic wasteland to bring the lyrics to life because all the lyrics are about nature and power and, you know, streams and bees and birds and all this stuff uh, and sort of the the singularity like the human in question being totally immune to all that stuff just thinking that they're above it kind of like even the bees can't hurt you like well they they can't (laughs) and it'll hurt you when they're gone right it's not the sting of the bee we're talking about it's like okay when when all the bees are gone like then what then we can't pollinate things and there will be no future cycles on this planet and it's really all going to fall apart because it's just such a delicate like tightrope walk that we're doing right now with the environment and just even like what's happening in the states right now and like these like you know world war three memes i keep seeing like so we, we laugh at them to get through the day but then maybe not mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like the devastating effects that something like a war would have on our planet this time are just like it would be over you know or, what i mean or the, or the frustration of having you know the threat of war to distract us from solving the environment so, yeah solving these problems that are like maybe a way bigger battle that's raging here you know between like corporations and like the greater good of the planet these kinds of things and it happens everywhere it happens everywhere exactly and uh yeah so we try to we try to keep it very 
very futuristic looking and sort of barren and wasteland. And like there are, you could see there's like little plants around, but like mostly it's, it's over. And so this is sort of like, this is what's going to happen if we don't do something about this right now, if we don't draw attention to this right now, if you think that you're above it, like if you think you're invincible kind of thing, and that's part of the lyrics too, like then, then what will we have? What will there be left? You're going to enjoy your life on a, in a hole, <laughs> a smoldering hole. Couldn't kick the habit, had to go and grab it. I'm gonna have to cut you off. So that's kind of mother's mother nature's message to the people who are like, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll deal with this tomorrow. You know, I'll continue to buy like hideously plastic wrapped things just because it's more convenient, like those kinds of ideas and ideologies. And like, it's not about like everybody doing it perfectly or even anybody doing it perfectly. It's about everybody doing it at all. It's about everybody starting to like make changes in their own lives even small ones to try to make it more sustainable for the future. Mm -hmm. And even with something right now with like, say Australia, where you have those people who like, there's even people in Australia. I was going to say people outside Australia who are saying, well, it's not here. And I mean, that's very, very ignorant because a, it's cutting off your oxygen and B like, if it did happen here, you would wish you would wish that somebody was coming in to help you and you would be crying for help but because it's not you for some reason you think that you're above this and at the same time that's exactly it because like they're not looking at the long-term aspect of this like the amount of wildlife the amount of trees which help cleanse our oxygen which like the amount of people on earth there's already like how much pollution going on we need that clean air exactly (laughs) or we won't be able to breathe let alone sink and uh my my, my brother lives in new zealand he lives in Queenstown, and uh, at New Year's, all the smoke had drifted across the ocean and caused like a, you know, a sun flare, Armageddon sky. Orange sky. Yeah. It was so super unnerving, and you know. And like apocalyptic, and we're, we're like staring down the barrel of that right now. And here's the thing, like, I'm not an expert in this by any stretch of the imagination, but it is more than on my radar. And to all the people who are like, this isn't happening, like, if you're wrong, the consequences are insane. And and if you're right, there is no consequence, right? Like, if we do something about this now, and it isn't actually an issue, like, fucking yay us, right? But, <laughs> but like, if we don't do something about it now, what, like, and you're wrong that this is indeed a big issue, like, what, like, what, what are you going to say then? Like, are you going to say, like, oops, mm-hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> there's no bad, there's nothing wrong with trying to make a difference and it's like super selfish to not address it you know well it's they say is a pinch of prevention is worth a pound of the cure and especially with something like this where um, maybe necessarily a cure maybe doesn't exist at this moment in long term if things continue down a certain path that it's it's a very 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 hefty cure yeah absolutely and for what so we can eat like yeah, it's crazy. The, the, like the reason for it is, it's not a good good enough reason to, to risk the ecosystem, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of your because it's a convenience or I want to, you know, I I should be I should be able to consume whatever I want whenever I want, right? Yeah. No, crazy. absolutely. It's not ignorance. worth it. Next. <laughs> yeah, it was, really too much effort, but it was a fun video to make. I'd say it was the messiest video. It was so dirty. That hole, but <laughs> oh my gosh, that hole is insane. That's so the story behind that hole, just because it's an interesting tidbit. That is our uh, producer Mark's 
like house to be, which has been a hole now for like four years due to some like you said no studio for four years. Very bad advice basically that you got. Yeah, so that that's just like that that hole is like in the High Park area of Toronto. <laughs> it's just been there forever. Isn't that that's funny? Hilarious. It's yeah. his house. Yeah. So where we're sitting, he lived in that hole. No, he didn't. where we're sitting down there in the corner of that is where his like he's he's designed a a beautiful studio and it hasn't been like it just it's a hole it hasn't come to light for so one day we're going to sit in that hole when it's not a hole and make you more beautiful yeah, what yeah. do you think about that if the planet doesn't fall apart first yes, there you go yes. well rounded and then we might be living in the hole <laughs> and then we might be living in the hole yes grounding for squirrels yeah Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you've got great laughs that's fantastic all right, so Dream Riot, it drops. Well, this episode is going to drop on Friday, January the 17th, the day the Dream Riot comes out. Woo! Oh, heck yes. Amazing. Yeah, so now that the album is out, uh, a little behind the scenes, we're recording this like a full week beforehand, but now that the album is out, or you guys are in that hype mode, do you guys have like any other singles that are going to be coming out? Any big plans and possible tours in the near future? What? What's the next step for Featurette once Dream Riot is finally out and in everybody's hands and streaming services and all that good stuff? Well, I think we have a like, we have a plan to to do our due diligence with servicing the album, seeing where it it leads, just like we did with Crave. I think you know we're gonna we have a like the next day on the 18th we're playing a after a festival just outside of Toronto like the winter play. song yeah. in Stouffville no. at 4:30 on the main <laughs> stage for free for free exactly. doing a bunch a bunch of those things and i think uh, in terms of other singles like Lexi and I are still writing uh, we have other plans for future featurettes so and we can't really spill the beans but we are going to um, we are releasing a single on the 17th though that is like the album feature it's called you do you and it is by far the most positive song on the track by a mile and yet still somehow it i, I could spin it back to that dark place <laughs> watch me do it um, <laughs> it's uh it was written for a fan of the band who is now a very close friend of the band named sarah and i have her permission to discuss all the following topics but uh she's in high school and she's like super young still i think she's in grade 10 and she has been dealing with a lot of like bullying and depression and anxiety and things that many of us go through in high school, but maybe more than most. And I, that really resonated with me when she told me these things because I had the same experience. High school was a super hard and very dark time for me. I would sit by myself writing music all the time by myself on, at every opportunity um, in all those times when they're supposed to be social with your friends because it didn't really have that many. So when she told me this, I really felt for her and was immediately inspired to write a song about it. And, you know, weeks later, I was taking a bath and You Do You lyrics hit me over the head like a crap ton of bricks. And I bounded out of the bath and nearly slipped and killed myself in an attempt to find my lyric book to write it all down. And I had like basically that song word for word and the entire melody. And it just came from out of nowhere. We produced that one, pushed it through super quickly, and it's now the album single, like the feature single, and it deals with all those all those issues. So true to feature at form, we've made a music video on it in an abandoned police station uh, right near where I live, actually, and we invited all our friends out um, with the promise of beer <laughs> 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 to uh, 
to be in this video, uh, and basically it's like all different people from all walks of life sort of showing their best selves, and the, the idea is to send this girl Sarah a message that, like, you can do it. Like, you are enough. You are enough just the way you are, and showing her these role models to get her through that because we all went through tough times and look at us now kind of thing, and that's going to be you super soon, and all you have to do is just focus on being yourself because everyone's going to love you. And I think the, the tough times are the things that actually make people interesting too, you know, like, just if you, you know, I, I said to her, like, if you peak at high school, you did life wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's a lot, there's a lot more to, there's so much more to life. Yeah, so after much, that, right? so much better when you're done. Yeah. But, so that's, that's like our biggest plan is to focus on that single and like really get it out there and get her message out there. Cause I think she's got a beautiful story and I think uh, it's time for us to tell it together. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, as someone who also had a uh, rough experience with his high school um, time, I thank you for being someone who's willing to go out and do that. And it's very true. Jo- um, John, what you say where, Yes, when you're in high school, you're 14 to 18. And at that point, yes, that is a large chunk of your life at 18. That's well, almost like 25% of your life, maybe just under that. But once you get out of that, you realize that those four years can be very minuscule. And those people that are holding you back and holding you down, they don't have to carry with you forever. And that's a truly beautiful, beautiful thing. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And that's like exactly what we tried to capture in that song. I think you're really going to love this video if you had a rough time in high school. I think it's kind of like it's, it's very like some of these rooms in this police station look just like classrooms. And it's kind of like people doing their thing, whatever their thing is now in these rooms and just just killing it. You know what I mean? Because like they've grown into such a better thing. And and like it's cute. You do amazing things with your life. And friggin' so are we. So screw that high school bully. We don't need them no more. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone. I think everyone that did a cameo in this video has like a lot to say about the trials and tribulations of you know growing up and and becoming an adult. So it's it's just out that we the people that we just put kind of a general all-purpose bulletin out to all of our friends. Hey, who, who wants to come over? And, and everybody said, was like, uh, "I can get behind this a hundred percent." That's good. Yeah. So it's cool to see that all of our friends were there, but of the friends that they were able to make it, like all of them had like. They have a pretty interesting backstory. So yeah, yeah. I hope you love it. I'm sure I absolutely will, and I hope that the listeners of the podcast go out and check it out for themselves too. If the listeners of the podcast want to find out a little bit more about Featurette, where can they go in order to do so? Our music will be available on anywhere you listen to music, all streaming platforms. The project is obviously called Featurette, and most of our handles on all social media would be Featurette Music, at Featurette Music. Yeah, we're not hard to find. Our SEO is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right, so I usually like to try and end things off with a final question and I definitely wanted to touch on that bullying thing because I could feel the emotion in your voice as you were bringing that subject up and it really moved me and like I know that we touched on it a little bit and you're gonna have more of that message coming out soon for the people who might be listening right now but say that maybe there's another high schooler who's out there listening to this podcast and hears the music of featurette um is there something that maybe you guys could 
say or have to say like a message to that young individual to help them fight through that moment? Yeah, I think, I think it's really important to realize that like, in a way we're not special. Like none of us are special. Like it's all happened before and it'll all happen again. And it's, it's not you who's alone in this world singularly going through this thing. Like you look to the person next to you and they've got a story just as painful or just as deep or just as torn up as, as yours probably. And I think just like taking yourself out of that like spotlight, you know, in our own heads and like getting away from <clears throat> getting away from our, our selves originally when we're just like so caught up in our own, our own trouble, you know, like realizing that it, everybody is going through their own stuff and that that bully might be hurting just as much as you. I'm not saying you need to be friends with that bully. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the reason they're causing pain is because they're probably in their own. Right. And just because you're the underdog doesn't mean you're going to be that way forever and that you can choose to be whoever the hell you want to be, which is, you know, that's part of the journey I've gone on with this whole featurette girl thing. Like I wanted to be an extrovert. I wanted to be able to just like pack that punch and like deliver the words I want to deliver, but I didn't have the voice of myself to say it. So I created a character where I could, you know, and you can too. Like we all, we all will afford our own opportunities. We'll all make our own breaks and we have to without, without that, like you're the only one who's going to stand behind you. So find your, find your network and grow yourself. And if you need help, I'd love to chat about it. Fantastic. Thank you guys so very much for joining me here today on the Desert Tiger podcast. Thank you for having us. This was so special. I love this. This is a great interview. Thank you. I had a wonderful time as well, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the album and see that new music video. Amazing. Let us know what you think of it, please. I definitely will. Amazing. Well, have a less gray day than us, and we will <laughs> try to make the sun come out over here. <laughs> Slip all the way down, give up the flower ground Throw a bunch, throw a bunch, give them
the songs that you heard on today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast were, in order, Million Things, White Rabbit, and the song that you just heard was You Do You, which happens to be Featurette's latest single. It just released today, as well as their new album, Dream Riot. You heard all about it in our conversation here today. Well, you can now find the entire thing on, well, whatever your favorite streaming service is. So go ahead and check it out as soon as this episode is over. You're going to have a damn good time while you're doing it because, you know, that's exactly what I'm doing this morning. I'm checking out Dream Riot. So why aren't you checking out Dream Riot? And of course, if it isn't January the 17th, this album has been out for a while. What are you waiting on? Get on it. All right. I want to go ahead and give one last big old thank you from the ambush here at Desert Tiger to John and Lexi, a featurette for joining us on today's episode of the podcast and I also want to go ahead and thank Cassandra and the team over at Strut Entertainment for helping make it happen. You guys have heard me thank Strut in the past, and I am extremely looking forward to continuing to work with them in this new year. I also want to go ahead and thank you, that's right, you, the listener of the Desert Tiger Podcast, for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. If you're new here, maybe you want to go ahead and consider hitting follow or subscribe. Maybe you enjoyed today's episode enough that you want to share this episode. I would be extremely ecstatic if you did choose to do so. And maybe, maybe you just want to take that extra steps further. Well, those things could be maybe going and giving us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts so you can help the show chart, which helps us get more listeners and, in turn, bigger and a better guest. Or you can head on over to ilovedtp.com and you can cop yourself some sick Desert Tiger podcast a munch in dice for yourself so you can wrap the show every single place that you go. That's right. And, of course, I mean, you can also support our other wonderful sponsors today. You heard who they were earlier in this episode of the podcast. And, yeah, we actually also released a vlog this week. It is the first of our installment of the Desert Tiger Podcast vlog. Like I said, we've been talking about adding video to this baby for a while. Well, guess what? I stepped on it. We stopped procrastinating, and we started doing so if you head on over to our youtube page that's desert tiger and and being short for entertainment that's right desert tiger ent you can go ahead and find that vlog for yourself you can also find it on our instagram i believe and our facebook as well so why don't you go ahead and check that out subscribe to us on youtube as well that would be fantastic I would be extremely ecstatic if you chose to do so. All right, everybody. I actually haven't chosen who's going to be on the podcast next week. So no hints as to who that might be yet. So I'm just going to leave you with the usual of go and find your mountain, 
climb your way to the top and sing, sing from its peaks in the most beautiful voice that you have because you do have a beautiful voice because you are an amazing person. And don't let anybody else knock you off of that mountain because they can't. They can't because they're on their own mountain trying to climb their own thing. And if they're trying to knock you down by throwing rocks, that's because they haven't figured out how to climb to the top of their own mountain. I'm going to stop this rant right here before I just keep going. So with that, you are the ambush. You are also very beautiful people. And until next week, bye-bye.